I think especially, I think suffering was a marker of our church very yes. early on. So many people going through just significant suffering that, that marked and really brought us together, knit us together. Um, there are just so many things that we can look back and put our finger on and say, wow, right there, God carried us. Right there, God sustained us. Right there, God was doing something that we didn't see. And now we're here mm-hmm. and we just, it's marvelous in our eyes. Yeah. You are listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles. We scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Groon. I'm a pastoral resident here at Emmaus Road Church, and I'm joined again, as always, with Ryan Chase, elder and pastor, and Caleb Durenberger, my good friend, who's also a pastoral resident at Emmaus Road Church. Um, it's a heck of a day to be together. <laughs> it's beautiful outside, snow's falling. Uh, we got here safely, which is always encouraging. Barely. <laughs> Some of us left earlier Some than others. Some of us splatted. That's right. But it's always a joy to gather with you men. Um, and this week, particularly, uh, we're recording, and this podcast will drop the week after we celebrated um, Emmaus Road Church's ninth anniversary. Mm. Uh, and we've all, you know, been in Emmaus for different lengths of time. Um, you know, Jamie and I joined in the summer of 2015, uh, early fall, late summer of 2015, roughly two and a half years after the conception. But you guys, you boys have been it from the beginning, uh, from the early ideas. It does feel weird. I will, we'll, we should acknowledge upfront. It does feel weird that Greg's not here to, to tell us because it really is, this is all his fault. Um, but he's impossible to get a hold of. So we're just going to let him keep working. But I am interested, and I think people, you know, celebrating an anniversary, it's a chance to look back. It's a chance to to look and see how we got here. Um, so I think it would help our, our, our church and our listeners to, to hear kind of the origin story. We all like a good origin story. The origin story mm-hmm. of Emmaus Road Church. So Ryan, Caleb, question for you boys. Why? Give us give us the run up to why a church. Why, why did you guys want to plant a church? And I'll ask some follow up questions. So let's start there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of backstory to that, um, but kind of the short version. Uh, in 2010, I met Greg Dernberger. He was a worship pastor at uh, another church in town. Uh, I was had just started teaching high school Bible at Sioux Falls Christian. Barbara and I started attending this church where Greg was. Uh, I heard him preach, um, observed him leading worship. And, and this was happening around a time when I was feeling internally a, a stirring, trying to discern what is God calling me to do. Mm-hmm. And increasingly, um, as certain theological convictions were uh, taking root for me, um, and one of those having to do with my understanding of the local church. My dad was a pastor, is a pastor. Mm. Um, I saw him go through a lot of uh, dysfunctional things in church 
settings, uh, went through a time in my life where I was very disillusioned with the local church, uh, thought that parachurch ministries were much more effective. That's where it's at. That's where people are actually reaching the lost, um, engaged in evangelism, doing stuff, not bogged down in the bureaucratic stuff of, of church. But for me, it was beginning to uh, develop a biblical conviction about the local church that was connected to this thought, maybe God is calling me to ministry and the local church would be the place where that happens. And Mm so I had approached Greg and just asked if he would mentor me. And his response, I still have the message I sent him on Facebook Messenger in June of 2010, reaching out and asking... June of 2010? Yes. I had just graduated high school. Congratulations. Like, <laughs> you had just been born. No, not that, not that bad. Man. That's yeah, amazing. So June of 2010, um, sent him a message, and he graciously agreed to meet with me. And um, he suggested that we get coffee, so we sat down. And Think of how many great relationships have begun in Facebook Messenger, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> or terrible relationships. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So we got coffee, and um, he, uh, again, graciously said that he was willing to meet with me, but he said that his approach was he, he preferred to gather a group of guys mm-hmm. and to meet with a group altogether. And and if he was going to invest in one guy, it would maximize his time if he was investing in a group of us at the same time. And he said he had in mind several other guys. So he pulled several of us together. Caleb was one of those. And so that's where I think our friendship really started to develop. And um, that was a significant time in my life where, again, my convictions, my theological understanding continued to develop my... my, um, love for the local church, all of those things. That very first time I met with Greg, he did tell me, um, he, he didn't want me to get my hopes up too much. He just said, I, I have to tell you, I might not be around here for much longer because <laughs> I have these friends <laughs> in Sovereign Grace churches. And I've been, um, praying about thinking about making uh, a move over there because I, I think I had just aligned with them. Mm-hmm. And for me right away, I thought I, I had, I was aware of Sovereign Grace um, knew about them. And, and, you know, my thought was, I'll, I'll just go with you. Cause that would be awesome. Wow. I would love to be part of that. So that, that was, you know, early on. And, part that, of it. and to be clear, those were friends he had in the twin cities. Yes. Yeah. Rick yeah, Gamache, primarily, yeah. Yeah. John Bloom, he, he could probably I mean, those fill are in some others, but past, past years, connections past, that he had, yeah, those right. guys were at Sovereign Grace Church in, in Bloomington at the time. Right. And, that, and that's a, a second question that I have as we think through the history of how we got to where we are. So why a church? And then the question, second question, why a sovereign grace church? Um, and I think that's a question a lot of people ask when they, when they visit us, why is this church, you know, it's different than other churches. And why is it a part of this, you know, comparatively tiny young denomination? Mm -hmm. Um, and so why, why, what drew you guys there? It sounds like past relationships with Greg, but you know, fill that out for us a little Mm -hmm. bit. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the uh, earliest contacts I had or introductions to Sovereign Grace I had, what, I mean, and I think this goes for a lot of people, is through Sovereign Grace music. Mm. Um, I remember my dad taking me to a Worship God conference in Gaithersburg in 2008. I went there in 2008, 2009, 2011. Um, <clears throat> 
And that was, that was my first, Worship God is not necessarily a Sovereign Grace Churches conference, though it really has started to become that more and more through the years. But that being said, a lot of the leadership there, you know, Bob Coughlin, um, this is when CJ was uh, really involved with it as well. Um, the leadership there is Sovereign Grace. Mm-hmm. And so what you get from the conference is that flavor and that feel and that culture of what makes sovereign grace sovereign grace i think as ryan is speaking towards you know in a in a season where his ecclesiology his you know how he thinks about the local church was being expanded that was happening with me too as well as just um the doctrines of grace like mm-hmm. all of a sudden this the doctrines of yeah. grace were just like exploding for me yeah. like what is this <laughs> what is mm-hmm. happening and i think that's one of the things that drew myself uh, i could probably speak for my dad too that was one of the things that was highlighted is this re- reformed soteriology, mm-hmm. essentially reformed soteriology, the doctrines of grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that, we mean Calvinism, Calvinism, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. sovereignty of God yep. yes. in salvation, yes. our sin and, and God's complete, which, which will immediately corner you in some ways. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there, it, it doesn't, when you look at the the array of of American churches and American denominations, mm-hmm. you know it, that that can, those convictions push you in a direction, it's distinct, and, yep. they, and it distinct. It's right, it distinguishes you from others. So that's, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is as I hear you guys talk. You know, it is a. It reminds me of when um, kind of in decision making processes of our lives, and you know, what am I to do with my life? What's my you know, when, when we come up on decisions, it, there's always this mixture, it feels, of like internal stirrings. Like you both were talking just now of like convictions that were beginning to form, thoughts that were beginning to shape your in your mind and in your heart. So you have these internal stirrings. And then, but that's not quite enough, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's one thing for me to have a feeling about something that we should do and then me just plowing forward and making it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can often go okay or that can often (laughs) break relationships and force the issue. It's helpful to, to think through internal stirrings coupled with an external situations. Like for instance, Ryan, you were having these stirrings about the local church you meet Greg, yeah, um, and then things start to form, and there's there's something outside of you that's helping you, mm-hmm. um, Caleb. You as well. You, you have these feelings, and then also going to worship God and, and seeing it in action, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's these two pillars of internal stirring, external conviction, or confirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's helpful. Get us to the point of the like where the idea to plant a church really. Like, when was that a decision? Okay, now we're going to start taking steps towards that. Well, and and through all that time as well, our relationships are being formed Mm -hmm. more and more. There's this fellowship unity that is very critical to this story. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it just takes me back to 2010. I don't even know what... Me and Ryan would just get lunch, you know, just friends. As one does. I don't even think there was primarily a purpose other than let's just get lunch. Yeah. Subway on... 26, 26 and Sycamore. 26 and Sycamore. Yep. Uh, that was like, <laughs> I, yeah, it's, I don't it's know one of those moments in, in there since. <laughs> it's one of those time. moments too that's almost inexplainable. I mean, it, it was like, dare I say, a Pentecost <laughs> moment. We went for well, lunch, we got our sandwiches, and then something happened. I, I can't really explain it, but all of a sudden these ideas and thoughts and stirrings that I was not having prior to eating there, start happening. You sure and it wasn't all just sudden, Subway? <clears throat> maybe it was the, <laughs> it was the free spicy smell. Italian. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Could have been a lot of things. But God uh, uses, works in mysterious ways. Yeah, all of a sudden, Ryan and I are talking about 
this desire that we both are having at the same time of, we want to plant a church Mm -hmm. and we want to plant a church that plants other churches. And, um, yeah, (laughs) it was just this moment of like the Holy Spirit dropping a bomb and all of a sudden things are happening. These Mm -hmm. things that we had not been previously even speaking about or was on, not on even not even on our radar and uh, which led us to communicate that to my dad who simultaneously I mean we did not really know he's thinking I'm all of a sudden a pastor of what 30 some years I'm thinking I maybe should go plant a church mm-hmm. as well which is crazy to think about mm-hmm. but it led him to ultimately leaving his job in Sioux Falls, um, both he and my mom, they just quit their jobs up and left, went to Gaithersburg, Maryland to the PC for a year, not really knowing exactly what to, was going to happen. To the Southern Grace Pastors College, to be clear, in case anybody, which was at the time which, located in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Right. Yep. Same, yeah. the same college that I went to and at the and Jordan and Abby Strander at currently, yeah. but housed currently in Louisville, Kentucky at yep. this time, it was at covenant life that the main church in Gaithersburg. Yeah. Maryland. I think that step from Greg and Lori, you know, so backing up with Caleb and I, after that conversation, just dreaming together, um, and realizing, you know, shared desire and, and vision for a church planting church. Um, I, I remember talking about a, a church that would plant churches locally as well as globally that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, church that had a heart for global missions and would develop and deploy, um, church planters overseas, uh, you know, a particular view of missions. That's not just, um, humanitarian work, but church planting. That's, that's right. primarily what missions is about. And I, I remember talking about what, what would that look like if a church sent out not just a missionary, but like a team of people yeah. who had been living in gospel community together here. And then they were deployed whether locally or globally somewhere else to go just transplant that gospel community yeah. and a whole team that's already living that out together. So it's not just a team of missionaries formed from churches all over the country, but a, a team of people that would come out of one church. I think mm-hmm. that was a specific yeah. thing that we had talked about. So so we went to Greg and we'd said, we want to plant a church and we want to do it with you. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, if Greg were here or you hear him tell the story, that, that shook things mm-hmm. in him. For sure. Well, it goes back to what you're saying. That internal is one thing, but the external is also another yeah. thing. And so that confirmation from us. Meanwhile, I think my brother Josh is at school in Huntington, yeah. with like a worship leader's degree. And he also at that same time just messages my dad or calls my dad and says, hey, I, w- I want to lead m- music in a church that you planted or something. <laughs> so all these external confirmations or things coming alongside my dad's internal stirrings. And Greg would say, you know, guys at his season of life at that time, um, don't just go plant a church Mm -hmm. that that's not common. Um, and, and so that rattled him, confirmed things. He and Lori, you know, for forever, that will be, um, really a monument of God's grace in my memory that Mm -hmm. they both left, secure, established jobs. She had just, she had just finished. She had just gotten, she had just gotten her dream job at a university in Sioux Falls and didn't even really start it and just left it. And they left it. Um, and they went to the pastor's college with the plan after that, that he would go spend at least a year at the church in Bloomington as a pastoral resident Mm -hmm. essentially, um, while they discerned the next step from there. So 
that was incredible. There, there's another piece in there um, based on some of those conversations and that relational fabric that was developing and a, a vision that was forming. Uh, Sovereign Grace put on, well, Covenant Life Church in, um, or Covenant Fellowship Glen Mills. in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania, right outside Philadelphia. They put on a church planting conference right around that same time, which is kind of crazy when you look back. Like, this is not an annual thing. They haven't ever done it since. It yeah, was, was a one say, and done. They, one thing, they yeah. did <clears throat> one big mm-hmm. conference. They called it Plant. With an exclamation point, I think. And um, <laughs> they teamed up with Nine Marks. Timed up, yeah. Sojourn. Yeah. So Mark Dever spoke there. Um, yeah, somebody from Acts 29 was there. Um, and it was a, a pretty big deal. Yeah. And it was right in March of 2011. So we're having these conversations in the fall of 2010. Um, Greg, because of his connections with Sovereign Grace, said knew about this and said, Let's go. So Greg and Caleb and I all flew out to Philadelphia and attended this conference. And that was formative. It Mm -hmm. was life-changing. It it really not only confirmed, but I think gave some more specific direction. I'll never forget Mark Dever's message, and you can still find it online. Yeah. Um, And I would commend that to anybody who wants, who's got a heart for the local church, a love for church planting. He just did in one message, this survey of, you know, coming out of Matthew 28, the great commission into the book of Acts and just showed through how, throughout the book of Acts, it's the preaching of the word Mm -hmm. that converts the lost. Mm -hmm. And when the lost are saved, they are gathered into churches. And so the preaching of the word is what leads to churches being planted. So it's not just you know, go do evangelism. It's as you make disciples, new believers, what, what, what do you call that? A group of new believers that's called a church. Mm -hmm. And so church planting comes out of that. So Mm -hmm. that, that gave a lot of specifics to us. Um, I remember after that message was preached, people were clearing out and we three just sat there like deer in the headlights. Like what just happened? Yeah. I think we're ruined for life. Yeah. This this is it. I mean, I think I took notes. Like I basically transcribed the whole message. I was just (laughs) furiously typing every word he said. It was, um, and also that being at Glen Mills, that's where Mark Prater was. And that gave, that was pretty significant that, uh, Greg got to start meeting with Mark Prater and start talking about, all right, right. what does this mean for me? Yeah. Because as of yet, he hadn't even maybe decided to go to the pastor's college that was coming up. And Mark Prater being the president of, of Sovereign Grace Churches. Mm-hmm. Was he at the time? It's right then when, when was, CJ was passing off to... Yeah, because Dave Harvey was still Dave Harvey was Sovereign Grace. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, that was the other part of it. Um, for me, the experience, just the overall introduction to Sovereign Grace. So mm-hmm. Caleb had been to a Worship God conference. Greg had lots of connections with Sovereign Grace. That was my first Sovereign Grace encounter. I had been familiar with the music and some other stuff. Uh, knew of CJ Mahaney, but to be in person at a Sovereign Grace church at this conference put on by a, a local Sovereign Grace church and to experience the uh, the hospitality, mm. the warmth, the joy, the humility, all of those things was, was so powerful. I remember calling Barbara and just saying, I wish you were here. I wish you could yeah. feel this. There's something about these people. There's something about this gathering, yes. uh, this place. It's just palpable and mm-hmm. makes you say, I want, I mm-hmm. want that. I want to be part of a church like yeah. that. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's interesting to hear you guys talk of this. And like we were just saying, you know, the mixture of internal stirring coupled with external other, it's happening to other people or there's the situations are presenting themselves in certain ways where, okay, there's some confirmation, but then it's the next thing, which, is, and if, you know, if you've been around Greg long enough, you've heard him say, just take steps. Mm-hmm. There, there is a sense of 
okay, I have an internal calling and it's externally seems like it's being confirmed. Well, okay. It's not going to happen alone. Oh, just sit there, <laughs> There's yeah. still steps to be taken. Like you guys going to this conference, like Greg and Lori moving to Gaithersburg, Maryland. Yeah. Like that's a huge, we're just going to, and that can only happen by faith. Yes. That, that's what's so critical about this in about all of our lives is that step, the, the taking of the step requires yeah. faith. It's not just going to happen apart from us actively trusting that God will, if this is of God, if this internal calling and the external confirmation is uh, of God, then the steps I take, he, he will provide. And then to, you know, I've experienced this, to do that and then actually experience the faithfulness of God and his generosity and his goodness and kindness and he's just an incredible thing. So yeah. it's yeah. so it's sweet to see how all these paths are leading to something. But mm-hmm. now, last question before we talk to, about actually the past nine years. Why Sioux Falls? Mm-hmm. What was it about Sioux Falls other than that's where you were? <laughs> why, why Sioux Falls? Why not the Twin Cities? Why not, you know, wherever? Mm-hmm. What, what, were the, <laughs> what were the pieces there? Yeah. Well, that was a, well, I guess like all of this, a, a process. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, the plan was to plant another church in the Twin Cities. Yeah. Um, so there was a Sovereign Grace Church in Bloomington, and they had a desire to plant another church in the north suburbs, in the, the Blaine, Minnesota area, mm-hmm. um, somewhere on the north side. And so that was our thought. Greg and Lori would go to the PC, then they would go to Bloomington, be there for a while, and then we would make our way up there and join them and be part of this church planting team out of Bloomington that would find a place up in the, the north side of the, the cities. So a couple things happened simultaneously. One was, uh, you know, Greg and Lori went to the PC in 2011, 2012. While they were finishing up their year at the PC, our twins were born prematurely in April of 2012. They were in the NICU. Um, and it became clear to me right away, we're not leaving Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. That, that's not going to be possible. So yeah. I, I remember having, sitting on the front step of our house, uh, talking to Greg on the phone and just telling him, you're going to have to go ahead without us. There's no way we can relocate to the twin cities. So they went forward with that. They moved up there. Um, you moved up to the twin cities later in 2012. It was November, 2012. I left the housing situation I had moved up there. Um, that, that was hard because I think all the, all the, the joy of what we were talking about, I think we were experiencing, I was experiencing that in our local church here, the, the fellowship we had, I mean, there are some dear yeah. friends that we lived in a season with doing life together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where a lot of those, that ecclesiology just became more tangible for me. And so leaving that behind was really difficult. Uh, I love those people who are, a lot of them still live in Sioux Falls, but just mm-hmm. different contexts. So that was hard and, uh, ended up going up to the cities and it seems, it seemed like the right thing. And yet it was like, I don't know. I think I remember telling you there was one day, like right before I left, I said, I'll be back. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can everything believe was that. Up, everything <laughs> was just up in the air. It, it kind of still felt like this is what, this is the direction we're going, but it doesn't really necessarily feel like this is set in stone. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it became clear when we went up there, um, a lot of doors just kind of weren't opening. And mm. every time, and there were steps being taken. Yeah. There, and yeah, you keep taking steps. And but it was door closed, door closed, door closed to the point of, um, gosh, it was like February or something like that, 2013. Um, I just, just remember one night, my dad 
my dad thought that <laughs> he was going to be unemployed for the rest of his life. <laughs> not for the but, but there was just I can imagine saying there was but there was this there was this hey, right. we have set on this direction and nothing yeah. is happening and what do we do now? Yeah, we've we've done all these things. We've sacrificed all these things. Yeah. What do we do? And all I just, the doors are closed. No, there's no yeah. space available. Things were just not coming together for that right. plant. Right. And yeah. And I just remember telling him when I was like, we need to go back to Sioux Falls. We just need to do it. Um, so, and so from our end, you know, Barbara and I are stuck here in Sioux Falls and, and we're trying to give up that dream. Okay. We're not going to be able to be part of this thing that we were moving toward. Mm-hmm. And then it turns to, what if they came back here where the dream, I mean, it was always set. It was always, it was always Sioux Falls. We always thought this is Subway the place on 26th and Sycamore. Yeah. This that's is the place. <laughs> I think that says something just about, um, I, I remember a time in my life. I hated Sioux Falls yeah, and, same. um, this has become home to me and I love the people of the city. I love the people that I, I you know, has become our church. Um, there was just something about Sioux Falls that kind of captured our hearts. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, this place is so horrible. We need to do something to change the culture here. It yeah. was more like we just love the city yeah. and we want to plant ourselves here. And yeah, and, yeah. and th- there were a couple hurdles on Greg's end that he had to um, kind of clear before that became possible for them to come back to mm-hmm. Sioux Falls. Um, so he did that and had a, a few conversations he needed to have with people involved and, um, got the green light there. Mm-hmm. And, and so then we, our attention shifted to Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. It was clear it wasn't going to happen in the cities. Um, Greg and Lori had the, the green light to come back here. And, um, that was thrilling for us to, to think of being part of something. And so we started to meet with Greg on Google Hangouts. Um, <laughs> While he was in the cities, Caleb was in the cities, I would jump on Google Hangouts. Is that still around? I think it is, but... It was a very new thing. But it was new sure at the time. Yeah, this was like... <clears throat> everybody was setting up a profile. Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even tell the GPS story when we went to Philadelphia. Oh, I, yeah, I was going to say Google Hangouts sounds particularly <laughs> technical for Greg. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can, can I just throw that in? When we went to plant... I, Quickly. I, go. Very, very fast. G- GPS it. was pretty new at the time. Caleb had... Especially for Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb had a smartphone. Poor guy. He's not here to defend himself. I, Greg and I don't... I don't think we even had smartphones yet. Um, and Caleb had a, what, Android, I think? Um, what, <laughs> Back when... Yeah, yeah. when that, those were brand new. Yeah. So we get to Philadelphia. He plugs in the address for the hotel we're supposed to stay at while we're out there for the plant conference. And the GPS is telling us where to turn. It was one of those, like, if you've seen The Office, when oh, yeah. the GPS is telling Michael Scott... <laughs> Take a left into the lake. Take a left into the lake. <laughs> and, and the GPS is saying, go straight. And But we can clearly see the hotel is right there, and there's the big, huge entrance to the hotel parking lot. So Caleb is in the front seat telling Greg, right there, right there. There's a hotel. Turn, that's our hotel. Turn there. And Greg is like, no, the GPS had to keep going. Oh, <laughs> uh, The sad part is, like, you can just... You could just see it all play out in your mind. Oh, oh that's man. amazing. So Google Hangouts, we started um, yeah. talking and just planning. Greg led us through a process of putting together, filling out Sovereign Grace's um, church planting proposal. Mm-hmm. So doing some research on the city, um, our vision for the church, distinctives, what's going to sh- shape the church and, mm-hmm. and uh, the culture of the church. And so we, we had a lot of conversations around that, a lot of time in the Word, a lot of time praying together. And, and that was a, a great season of just envisioning what kind of church are we going to plant? Yeah. And, and that's where a lot of things started to take shape for us that now continue to 
um, define who we are, the way that yeah. we do life together. You know, a vision for a church that is convinced the church is not the building. It's not just yeah. the programs. It is people who gather together mm-hmm. intentionally to share their lives together, uh, not just in a, a meeting here or there, but to share all of life together. Right. And mm-hmm. so our vision of discipleship huddles and missional communities was was laid down at that mm-hmm. time. Um, our heart for gospel-centered community, mm-hmm. living that out together, th- those things began to take shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's, it's really amazing to see that all this taking place. Because like we said, internal calling, external confirmation, and then you take steps. But, you know... Taking steps is just, it's like steering a car. <laughs> you're, you're recognizing where it's not stopping you from turning left or turning right. Like there's, there, there has to be a, to room, room to pivot where the, you're only going to run into the wall if you're moving, right? So move towards something. And then as God works and he, you know, he'll open doors and close doors and you just walk those. And mm-hmm. it's just amazing to see God's faithfulness in all this. Yeah. Um, so leading let's speed up. It's in Sioux Falls. We're planting a sovereign grace church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And you start gathering in Greg's head, August of 2013, starting to hold kind of early meetings at Mm -hmm. Greg's home. And then December of 2013, Emmaus road church is planted. Mm -hmm. Um, And and just, yeah, briefly on that, a lot lot of things had to happen for that to get there. One, we're just, we thank God for all the people who made up our, um, our core team at the beginning, a lot of heavy lifting that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who made sacrifices by faith moved to Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. Um, just, it's kind of crazy. A lot of things wouldn't have happened if it were not for a lot yeah. of those people who some are still with us, some are not. Yeah. And, um, I think also that we highlighted this, uh, last Sunday, but just the relationship we have with Sioux Falls Christian, a lot that had to mm-hmm. do primarily with Ryan's favor there. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if that had not happened, we would not, yeah. you know, that open door to use their facilities, which led to more facilities, which yeah. led to, we say that, you know, the church is not the building and yet because it, we it are fleshed <laughs> souls, yeah. we have to meet in a place. You need a yeah. space to meet. And so that, that was significant for That's sure. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Greg, um, right from the beginning, I remember him communicating to that interest. You start, you know, people wonder how, how do you plant a church? We started with what we called an interest group. Hey, we are going to have some interest meetings where we're going to lay out a vision for the this church that we want to plant, mm-hmm. and we're just looking for people who are interested in that mm-hmm. and willing to jump in and bear bear the load and and make Nine that happen. <laughs> Um, and and so there were people who came, they were interested and then they didn't come back because they knew, you know, it wasn't for them or they didn't want to be part of planting Mm -hmm. a church. So after that interest meeting, then we formed a core team of Mm -hmm. people where we, we specifically asked everybody who was involved, um, to commit to 18 months, Mm -hmm. give us a year and a half where there will be an off ramp. If a year and a half from now you're thinking, yeah, this isn't really what I want to be part of, or this isn't what I imagined. Um, but could you commit to giving us 18 months of your involvement, your energy, your effort to get things off the ground, volunteer teams for setting up and tearing down and helping with kids and all of that stuff. And so we had a a core group of people who were willing to make that happen. And when you're a small group of 30 some adults, everybody has to be involved to make it work. (laughs) Everybody's pulling in the same direction. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's how it 
started. So then we, we began publicly meeting where essentially, you know, you're opening the doors, putting signs out front, telling people, Hey, as Greg always said it, y'all come. (laughs) (laughs) We're, uh, Oh man. Yeah. So, I mean, from this vantage point, then nine years looking back, I, I have started to not use the term we're a church plant anymore when I'm talking to yeah. people about it. But it's weird to, to not say that. I mean, I, I, I think in memes, you know, so I think of that. Yes, you do. I think of the, uh, the Titanic meme, the lady, it's been 84 years. I mean, it, it literally feels that, that long in some respects. But, and, it, and it's a testament to, you just, I think in faces too, I think of people that I've shared life with who yeah. are no longer here, who had a significant effect on the church and what it is. Mm. Um, that just shows that God has been building it from the start yes. and, and through every season. I think of all the the weddings that we've yeah. had. I think of all the children born. Mm. We've had one funeral as a mm. church that was very significant to our church. Um, and all all those things amidst, I think especially, I think suffering was a marker of our church very yes. early on. So many people going through just significant suffering that, that marked and really brought us together, knit us together. Um, there are just so many things that we can look back and put our finger on and say, wow, right there, God carried us right there. God sustained us right there. God was doing something that we didn't see. And now we're here mm-hmm. and we just, it's marvelous in our eyes. Yeah. God has been unbelievably kind to us to keep us and sustain us, protect us from sin that mm. could, uh, take a church out. And, um, yeah. And then the people, I just think it consistently what stands out to me over the years is the testimony to hear from the people of the church who have, um, experienced God in profound ways. Their understanding of the gospel has been deepened. Their eyes have been opened to the glories of Christ. All, all the reasons that we wanted to plant a sovereign grace church in Sioux Falls, gospel centeredness, mm-hmm. um, essentially reformed theology, complementarianism, uh, continuationist mm-hmm. pneumatology, our view of the Holy Spirit. The, the, uh, Greg always said he felt like a, you know, a square peg in a round hole yes. in his, his previous denomination where he had served for decades. Um, and you know, as my own convictions formed and aligned, I saw, okay, I, I'm like that. I share those same things. Where else do we find a, a family of churches like this? And here we found a home mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Sovereign Grace yes. and see a need in Sioux Falls for clear expository preaching, yeah. gospel-centered preaching. Um, and what you, you just said, too, that. highlights the significance. I, we didn't say much about this, but just the significance of our name. Mm. Uh, there's, we oh, didn't yeah. just like pick something that was catchy, but there's, there's meaning behind that. There's yeah. a philosophy behind that, that as Luke well. 24 story means the world to us and shapes how we think about ministry. Yeah, What you're saying about people along the way, yeah. having the gospel affect their hearts and, and new understandings. That's yep. just how Jesus came along. These like those <laughs> disciples on the road to Emmaus, yeah. our hearts burned within right. us while we walked with him on the road and he opened to us yes. the scriptures. Yes. And, and that's, that's the testimony over and over again to hear from people who have come to Emmaus and just said, I've never been a part of gospel community like this. Mm-hmm. I, I've never been involved in a group of people who, well, Ashley Wells shared her story yeah, on our so ninth good. anniversary Sunday. And, and I, that's not a unique or isolated mm. story that just tons of people in the church have a story like that. I, I just never heard the gospel 
proclaimed like this in a way that fed my soul so deeply or been involved with people who lived out the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, so it's just been an incredible nine years for us. Yeah. Well, I will selfishly take the opportunity to say to you men, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, you just described Brian, uh, you guys found a home and in Sovereign Grace churches, which we are thrilled and we love Sovereign Grace churches, but <laughs> myself, my family, and a lot of other people found a home at Emmaus Road Church <laughs> um, because of the faithfulness, ultimately the faithfulness of God, but the faithfulness right. in both of you. And particularly, I want to honor Greg Dernberger yeah. um, and the steps that you guys took, the sacrifices you laid down, the energy and the time that you spent in order to see a church planted here, um, that has, I mean, look around us on a Sunday morning, people are fed, mm-hmm. people are, hearts are, people are, the lost are being saved, that people are being fed by the word. People have found a home in gospel Amen. community. And, and it's just ultimately, you know, we, I honor both of you and Greg and your wives, um, in the steps that you have taken, mm-hmm. um, but ultimately, we want to say all glory be to Christ uh, because he, this is not, I mean, this church is not our church. Mm-hmm. Um, these are not our people. Mm-hmm. This is Christ's church. Um, and whatever work has been done in the past nine plus years and all the lead up to it has been done because of he is the king and he is right. setting up his rule and reign and putting all enemies under his feet. And we're just, we're, we're humbled and grateful uh, to be a part of that. So any last words from you guys? Yeah, I think it's just appropriate in looking back to end by looking forward. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I I remember a conversation once with um, Brandon Paff, shout out to Brandon, um, where he said, I want to be that 90-year-old man Mm -hmm. sitting (laughs) in the pews in a church. Mm-hmm. I, I want that to be Emmaus Road. I, yeah. I want to be that guy who's been here for decades, yes. raised a family yes. here. I, I want to be that old man in this church. And, you know, none of us knows the future where our paths will lead. Um, and, and But I, I remember when Brandon said that thinking, well, that, that's thinking out, yeah. not just the last nine years, but what about the next 90 mm. years? Where, where are we going to be uh, going into the future? Um, what kind of legacy are, are we going to leave? And, and I think the the word from Ephesians 4, when Paul says, walk in a manner worthy of the gospel, be diligent, eager, uh, earnest to maintain the unity of the spirit yes. and the bond of peace. Yes. Um, it's, it's the spirit who has united us and we are called to, to walk in a way that preserves the unity of the spirit that That's we enjoy. Right. And so yes. we look forward to God's faithfulness and goodness yeah. to us as yes. we go into the future and see this church plant churches, That's right. w- which is what we envisioned from, yeah. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. And, and we have certainly been blessed. So thank you, men. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.